0: Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to the book of Proverbs tonight? It's our last visit to Proverbs 30. Proverbs 30 once again this evening. Four more things that instruct us from the Word of God, that the Word of God is putting forth so to teach us, help us to grow in wisdom and understanding. We dealt with four things exceedingly wise, four things majestic and stately. And last week was four things too wonderful. Tonight, verses 21 to 23. For three things the earth is disquieted, and for four which it cannot bear. For a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat. For an odious woman when she is married, and a handmaid that is heir to her mistress. The earth is Disquieted, the earth cannot bear. What is the Word of God speaking in these verses? What is the Word of God trying to teach us? What is being said? The Amplified Bible reads, Under three things the earth is disquieted, and under four it cannot bear up. Under a servant when he reigns, an empty headed fool when he is filled with food. An unloved and repugnant woman when she is married. And a maidservant when she supplants her mistress. Four things that disrupt. And my, how they do just that. Four things that the earth can't handle, the earth cannot bear. Four things which are intolerable. These four shake up the order of life. A servant when he reigneth, a fool when he is filled with meat, an odious woman when she is married, a handmaid that is heir to her mistress. Now in life, when certain people are suddenly promoted, suddenly elevated, exalted, and lifted to a high place, elevated, in their status, it can be unbearable. That's what the Word of the Lord is speaking to us, trying to teach us and trying to reveal to us in these verses. It shakes things up. It disrupts. It can cause tension. It can cause strife. The earth is disquieted. It can't. Bear it. That's what the word says. Number one tonight a servant when he reigneth. Imagine a servant elevated to ruler. Imagine a servant elevated to the kingship, to rulership. In ancient times, this was not uncommon. Expositor's Bible Commentary reads, It was not uncommon for a servant to become a king in the ancient Near East. It would be possible that once he became king, he would develop the mentality and disposition of a king and perhaps be better than the preceding ruler. But the earth trembles when a servant is king, unaccustomed to such dignity. He might become a power-hungry tyrant and oppressive ruler. Example, Hitler. The earth trembles when a servant is king. What if the servant does not have a change of nature? A servant that is immediately lifted, elevated to rulership, given the throne. What if this servant doesn't have a change of nature? What if the servant, unfamiliar with dignity, poise, authority becomes Power hungry. What if the servant doesn't fill the role of rulership, kingship, like it should be? I can't help but think of Joseph. We know that he was suddenly elevated, he was suddenly promoted, suddenly exalted, suddenly lifted. He was lifted from the prison seat to the throne. A sudden promotion did Egypt tremble I mean think of it tonight if you were one of the citizens of Egypt and all of a sudden here's this guy just came out of the prison he's not even one of your own and he's second in command only to Pharaoh did they tremble did the high-ranking officials of Egypt find this intolerable the citizens did they question this perhaps they did but you see Joseph had the character. Joseph had the humility. He could handle the power. He could handle the authority because of the work the Lord had done in this man's life. Would Joseph falter? He never did. I ask tonight if we were suddenly elevated, would it go to our head? If we were suddenly... Promoted, do we have the mentality and disposition of a king, a king under the king of kings, a king under God? Do we have the dignity, has the Lord done a work in our life like he did a work in the life of Joseph, so that when sudden promotion comes, when he wants to elevate a servant immediately, and listen, God is in the business of that. Sometimes the promotion is gradual, but sometimes it's immediate. The question is, are we like Joseph ready? If we were suddenly promoted, would it go to our head? You see, some, they're suddenly promoted, but the work of God hasn't gone deep enough, and perhaps the people have promoted the person, not God. And it goes to their head. They become power hungry. That's not the kind of leader the Lord raises up. The kind of ruler he puts in place. He puts people like Joseph on the throne, gives them authority. Could God elevate us to rule Egypt, second only to Pharaoh? That's quite the question. Has he done a work in us if we allowed him to do a work in us so deep and so thorough that a promotion was to come immediately, we wouldn't falter. It's a good question to ask ourselves. How's the character tonight? How's the disposition? How's the humility? How's the surrender? How's the dignity? See, if you're a servant right now, if we're servants right now, and that can speak, to many areas of life. It's not just talking about in a church, all right? That can speak to many areas of life. But if we're a servant right now and we're filled with pride, not humility, what's going to happen if promotion does come? If we are elevated and exalted. You see, the Lord wants to do a work in all of us where there's humility. There's not pride. The pride is stripped out. He wants to do a work in us where we have the right disposition and the right character. We're completely surrendered to God from a prison seat to a throne. Number two tonight, a fool when he is filled with meat. Back to the commentary. The second, a fool who is full of food, describes a fool who becomes prosperous, but continues to be boorish and irreligious. But now he is overbearing, and worse yet, finds time hanging heavy on his hands. Fill the fool with meat. Does he change? If the fool prospers, does he remain a fool? Fill the fool with meat. Is there a change that takes place? This may seem like a radical application tonight, but I believe the Lord is asking, fill the fool with the meat of the kingdom. Does he change? You see, we're supposed to be eating solid food. There's a time where we are on the milk, but the call is to grow. Grow. And as we grow and as we mature and we've been around for a while and we've been partaking of the meat of the kingdom and we sit under the teaching of the word of God or we read our own Bibles, converse with brothers and sisters, listen to podcasts, whatever we do nowadays, fill the fool with the meat of the kingdom does the fool change. Are we still boorish? Are we still rude, and ill-mannered, and coarse, and rough, and crude, and ignorant, and base? Are we still irreligious, ungodly, unspiritual, blasphemous, sacrilegious, profane, unbelieving, godless? Not caring for, nor living up to the level attained, received, or taught? Are we taking in the meat of the kingdom, and we're still fools? partaking of the meat of the kingdom and we're still crude the truth is we're all fools without christ and we're all fools without the meat of the kingdom every one of us when we are fed the meat of the kingdom full of food and prosperous do we continue in foolish manner i I seriously want to ask us tonight all of us when we sit under the word of god and we receive the counsel when we take our bibles and we crack them open and we read what the lord is saying to us and he's feeding us the meat do we remain fools or are we changed do we eat it and take it in yet we're foolish There's a caution here in the word. (laughs) No, the truth is nowadays, Christians, they've got more information than Christians ever have or ever had. They've got more access to more resources, and and it's like we're more screwed up than ever, sort of. And perhaps that's the problem. We have too much. But when we take in the meat of the kingdom, are we changed? Are we allowing it to nourish us and accomplish the work it seeks to accomplish? Do we continue in a foolish manner? This here is intolerable. The truth is, tonight, only the meat of the kingdom can bring us out of our foolishness. We have to get it into us and allow it to devour the fool out of us. I hope that changes your Bible reading. (laughs) Allow it to do a deep work. To the natural application, you think of the fool that suddenly becomes prosperous. Does he continue in his prosperity to be foolish? Why would he change? Now he has all he needs, right? Why would he be any different? Now he's got all the time in the world. He's got all he needs. He's prosperous. Why not remain a fool? But there's a caution in the Word of God here. The truth is tonight, God can do wonders with the fool if the fool will have it. If the fool will allow the Lord to do a work, God will do the work. Even these little fools. (laughs) A fool, when he is filled with meat. You guys should go back to class. A fool, when he's filled with meat, it cannot bear up. The earth is disquieted. And the Lord is honestly asking us a twofold thing here. When we're filled with the meat of the kingdom, are we changed? Again, we're all fools. We all have foolish ways, even now, that we need worked out of us. So when we're filled with the meat of the kingdom, do we change? And in the natural, hopefully there's a work. Taking place in our lives. We're rising out of anything that's foolish. So that when we do prosper, we're changed. We don't remain a fool. Number three, an odious woman when she is married. There's strong language here, I know. An odious woman when she is married. Is she hated? Does she hate? That word odious is to hate, be hateful, to be hated. The Expositor's Bible commentary reads, the third is the unloved woman who is married. Perhaps she's unattractive or odious, but also perhaps she is married to someone incapable of showing love. Being unloved, not sought or wooed, she is actually hated God puts these things in the Word for a reason. You see, this shakes things up. It disrupts. It causes tension. It causes strife. And this example here tonight cuts deep. The Amplified reads, an unloved and repugnant woman when she is married. This is not the way it's meant to be. And I think our age needs this wisdom. Has an unloved woman ever said vows? Has a man ever pledged to an unloved woman? Has a woman ever become unloved? Has a man ever unloved a woman? And we could reverse those tonight. It's not right. It's intolerable. We are responsible for the covenants we make before others and before God. Covenants are serious, and we are responsible for the covenants we make. Don't take it lightly. We're responsible for the covenants we make. Get the hate out and let God soften our hearts. Leonard Ravenhill said these words. Fifty years ago, you never heard of a divorce in a Christian church. You never even heard of marriage counseling in the church. We're putting up with sin in the church. Where are we at today? We got the same rates as everyone in the world. Same thing, like what's the difference? We're responsible for the covenants we make. Especially as Christians. You see others, they go in, justice of the peace, whatever. They're not saved. They're too making a covenant and their yes should be their yes. <laughs> and they should stick to it. So they're responsible for the covenants that they break and they'll be faced with that on judgment day. That's part of the package. You know, I don't want to get into the whole thing about divorce and remarriage because, you know, that's a big debate. But God hates divorce. We understand that. He doesn't like it. The Word says that. And when we make a covenant, we not only make that covenant to the person, but we make it with God. He's a part of this, especially us Christians. So let's not take it lightly and let's cherish the covenant once we move on and honor it, respect it, treasure it. And hold it up, amen? I hope we can receive that. It's an amazing quote. 50 years ago, you never heard of a divorce in the Christian church. You never even heard of marriage counseling in the church. We're putting up with sin in the church. Now, I'm not downplaying marriage counseling. I'm not saying it's wrong. But if we would just get our heads right and seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, everything's going to work out. See, the problem comes when we're no longer seeking first the kingdom of God and righteousness. We're seeking first our feelings, our emotions, whatever. Our own pleasure, our own lusts, our own flesh. But if we'd seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that's all the marriage counseling you really need. Again, I'm not downplaying marriage counseling. If you need the help, get the help. Maybe you can't figure it out on your own. But with God... We can figure it out. I think sometimes we push God aside, and it's like, man, i got to get in a program. Well, really? Get in the program so they can tell you about how God can fix you? How about you just get into God? (laughs) We go to a lot of people in a lot of programs with a lot of problems, and the Lord's just waiting for us to come to him. And it's like we go through this whole maze to find him when he's like, I'm right here. All you got to do is reach out. No, i got to talk to this person and this person and watch this 12-step you know, DVD series and i got to listen to this and read this book and i got to figure it all out because it's too confusing. And he's like, it's actually not that confusing. God knows how to break your heart in a good way. God knows how to soften you. God knows how to rip that junk out of your life the hate and the walls that have been built up. You think how quickly walls are built up, even in in friendships, even amongst brothers and sisters in Christ. (laughs) Brothers and sisters in a home or between children and parents in a home and how it is even with a man and a woman when they're married. I mean, the walls come up so quick. Little, little things and they're not dealt with and pretty soon it's rough. The only hope is for the Lord to come and help us out. Our age needs this wisdom, and we need brokenness, every one of us. Number four, tonight, a handmaid that is heir to her mistress. Expositor's Bible commentary once again. The fourth is the maid who displaces her mistress. The tension from the threat of Hagar shows how unbearable this could be. Such upheavals, in the proper order of things, make life intolerable. We're going to look at two scriptures quick here. Genesis 16, verse 5. And Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. Many of us will know this account in scripture and know the history here. Genesis 21, verse 10. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman. And her son, for the son of this bondwoman, shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. You see, it wasn't supposed to be this way, and we all know it if we've read the story or we've ever heard a word on this. It wasn't supposed to be this way. God made a promise to Abram and Sarai, but here's the thing, they couldn't wait. So they, by human means, figured out a way to get the seed. There's a powerful lesson here. Sometimes God comes and he promises us things, and there's a promise that we're holding on to, but we can't wait. And so what we do is we go and try and figure it out ourselves how to get the seed, and well, God's going to bless it. You see, it's not God's seed unless it's God's way. It might have a heart, it might have legs, it might have arms, it might have a brain, it might have a voice, but it's not God's seed unless it's God's way. Tension because humans tried to work it out for God, and this is not far from us. We're in the business of that more than we think, trying to work it out for God. God isn't asking us to work it out for him. He's asking us to trust him and partner with him and go along with his perfect plan. Not to figure it out on our own. Our Ishmael will never be God's Isaac. We might think we got it. This could apply to ministry. This could apply to the workforce. This could apply to so many things, relationships, whatever. God says, wait, and we go try and figure it out. Try and make it happen, and they made it happen by human means, but it wasn't wasn't God's way. Watchman Nee said, as God's child advances advances spiritually, he shall discover that the Lord's time is as important as the Lord's will. Do not rashly beget an Ishmael, lest he become the greatest enemy to Isaac. Powerful words. Proverbs 30, verses 21 to 23, we can have the worship team return. For three things the earth is disquieted, and for four which it cannot bear. For a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat. For an odious woman when she is married, and a handmaid that is heir to her mistress. I just simply want to ask tonight, based on the points that we've gone through, right here in Proverbs chapter 30, we're wrapping it up. We're not coming back to Proverbs chapter 30. These four speak volumes to us. Tonight, are there any intolerables in our life, in our relationship with the Lord, in our Christian walk, in our life period? Are there any intolerables? I ask tonight, is there a Joseph in the house? You see, God knew exactly where Joseph was. He knew exactly the right time to bring him out. It's an incredible incredible account of history if you read it. How long he waited, and I can't even imagine the confusion, and the letdown, and the heartache. But he trusted the Lord, and God did such a work in that young man. He started the work while he was young. He did such a work in the young man that he could elevate him just like that. He could promote him. He didn't have to go and, you know, send somebody into the prison to get him ready for the throne and Let's make sure he's okay, and he's got the dignity, and he might be a little rough around the edges. I mean, he has been in prison, and he has been a slave. But see, God did such a work in him, even with his demeanor and the way he would carry himself. You know it's true, that he could stroll right in there, and God could elevate him. I don't know if you're getting this, but to second in command. That was a powerful nation. Now, maybe you look, and you're like, well, America's powerful. I don't know what your thought process is. But imagine today God being able to elevate you, giving you the wisdom. And God can give us wisdom beyond what we could ever attain on our own. Immediately wisdom. Imagine being elevated to second in command in a nation like America or in another nation in the world. That's what we're looking at. That's incredible. Can God elevate us? At our place of occupation. Maybe he wants to promote us right now and put us in a managerial position or he wants to lift us up. But he's looking deep and God knows whether we have the character. He knows whether we have the poise. He knows whether we have the dignity. Now, we don't know God's timing, so, you know, don't get all frustrated. Just wait it out. God knows when is right. And we need to trust his timing just like we trust his will, true? Like we trust his promises, his timing is perfect. That's what the word says. It might not tick like our clock ticks, but we give it to him. How's the character, the disposition? How's the humility? How's the surrender? How's the dignity? Let's look deep and let's search deep and allow the Lord to speak to us. The meat of the kingdom, the prosperity, is it changing us? I pray it is as we take it in, that it's actually changing us, that it's actually devouring, it's ripping the fool right out of us. Not that we're continuing to take in the meat of the kingdom or listen to podcast after podcast or read book after book or read the word of God and we remain fools. That's not God's way. And prosperity in the earth. It's true that sometimes fools get rich and they remain Fools. It's true that fools prosper. And It makes you shake your head, doesn't it? And yet, they remain fools. Let it not be said of a child of God. Let's be different. God help us not to be fools filled with meat. And will we take the counsel regarding the woman when she's married? And again, that can go two ways. And let's avoid tension when human hands try and work it out for God, let's just trust his promise and wait. It's a good word for us, for all of us. Let's stand tonight. Just sing this in closing. There's an army rising up. We'll pray. We'll head out, fellowship. Gather back here next Monday, 6.30 pre-service prayer, 7 o'clock to service. Let's sing this out tonight and bless the Lord. If you need prayer, feel free to come. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we'd love to pray with you. Just hand you a Bible. You can take it and begin to read. Amen. Let's sing. Thank you, Lord.